Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast, where we talk about perceptions of the future, issues we need to be aware of, and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi, I'm Craig Saffin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. The Humanized Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and something to look forward to. Welcome to the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast. Uh, I'm Steve Barlow. As always, I'm joined by Craig Saffin. How are you today, Craig? I'm great. Thanks, Steve. This is uh, episode 97 we're doing for Humanized Workforce Future You. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. And today we've got uh, two special guests uh, which is a little bit unusual, but we've got Natalie Moore and Lisa Saunders. So thanks very much for joining us, uh, both of you, and it's great to have you here. Do you want to just sort of um, give us a bit of an idea about who you are and what you do? Yes, well, thank you. Thanks for having both of us on. Um, it's a real pleasure. And so we are founders and coaches and uh, lifestyle educators at our own business, Own Your Health Collective. And we have pretty audacious missions around trying to break taboos and shift mindsets around women's health, in particular around menstruation and menopause, and specifically within the workplace. Um, we obviously both being women, we've had our own sort of, you know, uh, challenges over, over our lifetime and over the last few years really come to appreciate that there's a real gap in knowledge and awareness when it comes to women's cycles and phases. And in fact, the flow on is really deeply impactful to not just women's health, but their careers, their livelihoods and their ability to show up in, in this world as, as they want to. That's great. Do you want to add anything to that, Lisa? No, Nat always does such a great introduction about what we do. I don't think I need to change it. So all good. <laughs> well, how about I try a bit harder and I ask you, Lisa, what, what led you to this point? Because I, I, I understand that we'll get into a bit more of the detail in a minute that uh, Natalie just uh, uh, mentioned. But what are the uh, years or what did happen to you leading up to this? How did you land here? Yeah, um, good question. I um, So I actually started off my working career in a property-based um, career and um, was doing all right with that, loved it. But then I had my kids and things changed and found that the flexibility with what I was doing wasn't suitable to being a woman, going back to the workforce and having children and trying to do the juggle. I also had a few health issues that um, raised their heads. So um, I basically pivoted and um, left that all behind and um, retrained as a food and health uh, nutritional health coach and uh, had my own business and uh, loved it, absolutely loved it. It's, you know, I, I always tell the story about how I used to drag my mum into a health food shop, not a toy shop when I was little, because I just used to love and love to see what kind of things there are. And I'd say, to, oh, can we get some of this? You'd go, well, can we finish up what we got last week first? You know, <laughs> so I was lucky that she indulged my fascination behind, you know, that health um, idea. And it obviously catapulted to another level when I had my own children. Um, so much so that I drove everyone crazy that when they were little, uh, the first year of their life was just organic food. So um, don't give them that because it's not organic, right? Um, I've, I've actually obviously, um, you know, toned that down and, and now it's just about, you know, real food and how we can simply do that. I met Nat um, coming back to 2018, 2019 through a mutual friend and she also had a respective business at the time and we decided that uh, 
we've done a, a women's health expo together and in 2019 and you know what we worked really well our skills were um, very complementary to each other and we decided to start Own Your Health Collective and that's how it was born and we registered it in March 2020 just before we all went into uh, what we know <laughs> now the lockdown great right timing, so great but as Nat and I always saying it was a blessing in disguise because it really helped us um finesse uh, what mm. we do um, and it gave us an opportunity to network and really connect with people while we were at home not being able to do it do much um, and so that's what, what's led me to where I am today. Oh, that's fantastic. Today. What about what about you Natalie did you have a similar path or you came from a different direction? Yeah I came from a different direction so I studied business at university because okay. I had no idea what I wanted to do and then fell into sales in packaging and manufacturing actually and, and was in that role for a good 10 years and similar story I had my daughter returned back to work really yeah. struggled with the working mum juggle and yeah. I, I'm a keen runner actually and I had a bit of a moment in the bathroom at work because I'd had enough and I said please give me a sign of something I can do with my passion for running and and that morphed into uh, my first business, which was aimed at motivating and inspiring people to run. Mm. And then I fell into coaching and studied coaching and training and yoga and meditation and, you know, really cutting a long story short, just focused on how could I um, support women? How could I serve mm. women? And I was wanting to support uh, working mums, new working mums. And then met Lisa and together we sort of put in our own um, skills and experience and personal stories around our own cycles and phases. Mm. And I learned that, you know, there's so many uh, stages that a woman goes through across her lifetime that's a result of her physiology and biology. Yeah. And there's real some, you know, great things that we can do here to support women, not just the education around it, but the lifestyle elements as well around the physical, the mental, the emotional and the spiritual health too. And, 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 you know, this is where we are in, um, in, you know, forging, forging ahead with that path. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks. That's very interesting. They're very different paths you've come from. So uh, I think uh, you, you probably complement each other's skill sets quite well. So, so let's, uh, let's go a little bit to the, um, the health piece, uh, women's health is a very broad topic, right? And and I don't think we're going to cover it all today. But in the workplace, you've mentioned uh, uh, two specific things: menopause and and also menstruation. But but what are, what are the broader issues around women's health, and why why do you think the work the the workplace is not necessarily addressing these uh, properly? Mm, look, and, and really, this isn't at any fault of anyone. We've just never spoken about menstruation and we've just never spoken particularly about menopause. Mm. And what we're finding and what we're seeing coming out of the UK, and I must say the UK are really setting a precedence and paving the way forward for us and other countries, that women are being deeply impacted by such things as menopause, mm. the lack of knowledge, the lack of support, uh, the impactful symptoms, and women are leaving the workforce. They're not going for promotions. They're demoting themselves and really feeling like there's just nowhere for them to go, not even in a workplace sense, but even in a um, medical sense as well, because unfortunately a lot of doctors and medical professionals haven't been trained around perimenopause and even and menstruation to a point too mm -hmm. and women just are at a loss on where to go and so the fatigue the the loss of themselves the frustration really flows into their work and and might I add that at that time they're at their most ambitious self looking for a deep sense of fulfillment and purpose 
and they feel like there's no other choice but to leave the workforce. And, and it's not what they want to do, isn't it? They, they certainly don't want to leave. They want to stay. You know, there's years of experience to the employer and, you know, yeah. years of experience that they've, you know, put blood, sweat and tears along to be able to get to the level that they're at. And mm. some of these women just overnight will just get up and walk away. It's really mm. sad. Mm. So so how much of this do you think it is a, um, like, it's, it's clearly a, a particular, I'm not, I don't know about particularly, but but in menopause, it's quite a, uh, can be quite a challenging time for a, a woman to go through. And how much do you think it is the the fact that it is a challenging time in someone's life um, and also it can go on for quite a while, like a number of years? Mm. So how, how how much is it that and how much is it the lack of understanding or tolerance within the workplace? Because they're two separate things, aren't they? Yeah, yeah it's a bit of both. Um, mm. You know, the, the key thing is around what really drives both sides, workplace and the individual, is the education mm. around it. And that's just not what we're doing. We're not seeing it in schools, mm. you know, and, and men and women, all, all humans leave school and then we don't have another opportunity really to educate ourselves around it except mm. to say what we might choose to research. Right. Um, and as Nat mentioned, you know, a lot of GPs aren't trained. It is a very specific area of training as well for GPs. Mm. So, um, yeah, that, that's a big thing is around that education around it. And that's where I suppose we come in with what we're doing yeah. around the lifestyle elements and, and just educating workplaces so they can actually pick that up and talk with their employees and, and even their managers. Their managers don't yeah. know how to approach it either because they've never been um, educated around it and that's a, a large part of our work. Mm. Uh, I was going to add too, yeah. um, the woman herself hasn't got the education mm. either and oh, okay, okay. she is not aware of what it is that she's experiencing and because she's not knowing, she doesn't know what support she actually needs. So there's really that lack of communication because that understanding's not there. And that's where the what is it, the why, understanding why we go through this phase of life mm. is a big missing piece at the moment that none of us have in that we can't then communicate this is what we need this is what i need from the workplace this mm. is the support that i need so until we close that gap in that education for women particularly and then workplaces that's mm. when we can really come together and 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 move forward and create places that really do support women so can you uh, talk a little bit about what sort of things you're doing to bridge that gap because it sounds like a pretty big gap if you're talking about the doctors, the actual individual, the, the woman herself, and also the workplace. They, they're not skilled enough to be able to handle this sort of thing. So what, a, what, what can be done? Yeah, and look, and there's a lot of taboo slanted over this phase. And of course, because we haven't spoken about it. Mm. Um, and, you know, when we started this a few years ago, we were getting, oh, I can't talk about it, it's taboo, to now people are a little bit more open to it. And how amazing that here we are talking with you on this podcast as well. <laughs> um, so it's really finding those avenues to educate the masses on a on a broader level. So we've also got a podcast, Perimenopause Power, and, and part of that was contributing to closing the gap. Mm. But then from a workplace perspective, we're running those education workshops and those education workshops need to happen before we do any type of other work again, around the what, the why and the how of it all. And then what we want to see is that 
it's becoming part of the culture. We're looking at existing health and wellbeing strategies and mm. saying, well, how do we embed this in so that we're actually offering things that support the woman for what she needs for the time that she's in? And also similarly for men as well, because we're all aging and there's an opportunity to reflect and look at how do we help everybody age healthily so that mm. they're giving themselves their best at work, but also in, um, in life too. Mm. Um, and then, you know, having conversations, being able to use the word menopause. So we hear many women still whispering. And then we say, what are you whispering for? (laughs) Yeah, so being really front and open with um, our communication as well, you know, through our social channels, through sharing, you know, talking and just being able to share the stories as well. Women really resonate when they They can share the stories and hear the stories of other women too. We actually tell the story quite often, and this happens with every workshop that we will do um, on menopause, that we might ask a few, you know, introductory questions at the start and there's not much feedback or um, answering of those questions. But by the end of that workshop, the women and men that are in there, they're all fighting to put their hand up and actually give some, you know, ask the question or provide some feedback. So that's, you know, it's it's just around opening up um, the, the conversation about it is really yeah. powerful. Yeah, I think it would be. Yeah, that's a, like you're creating a safe space to have that discussion, aren't you? And, and that's just- important. Yeah, of, of course. There's a first, important first step, like you said. Um, can you can you talk a, a little bit about? You mentioned about um, a life lifestyle changes, um, and uh, and I know Lisa, your one of your passions is uh, whole foods and things like that. Not necessarily organic now, but whole yeah. foods. But um, can you talk about uh, the role that that plays? Because there's been a lot in the press lately about the importance of diet and things like that on, uh, as you mentioned, Natalie, the aging process and and also general health. health. So what yeah, role does that lifestyle and the, like the running and also the dietary piece play? Yeah, it's, it's quite huge. And we find a lot of it starts, um, even with our just one-on-one clients as mm. well, from that nutritional element. And many women and men are going into different phases of their life where they are, are nutritionally incomplete and and deficit you know have a deficit there mm. so we definitely uh, educate around you know what that looks like simply working in you know considering other people's um lifestyle and what that you know when we're, we're not out here to say you know you need to be eating green carrot kale and smoothies and you know all these kinds of things it's, it's about looking at their at what they're doing and making it very real and doable i think often there's so many diet trends out there that we um that confuses us so we find a lot of people oh, yeah. with their hands up in the air and so we talk a lot about that whole nutrition you know does it come from um an animal, a tree, or the ground, and we're very much focused around the the three macronutrients being protein, healthy fats, and um, carbohydrates, and what that looks yeah. like for individuals. So nutrition, um, and we definitely go back to the basics. Sleep's incredibly important here. Having a really good sleep routine and getting you know anywhere from seven to nine hours, depending on the person per night. Mm. Um, movement is huge, and you know if there's one thing that you want to start with, movement is key, and doing the movement that you love. And not feeling that you've got to, you know, be slamming it out in a gym. And some people don't like going to the gym. So do what it is that's going to get you moving. And for me, it's uh, I love Pilates and walking. For Nat, it's her running. It's But we love to do it. So then, you know, that drives us to do it every day. And um, stress, Nat, stress is your bit. Yes, 
Stress, definitely. And and haven't we all been exposed to so much stress? And stress really does trump everything else in that you can be eating well, moving well, sleeping well. But if you've got that high level of stress within your body, it's really going to negate anything that you're doing from a healthy perspective. Right. And one thing I love to share about stress, and hopefully your listeners might um, appreciate that we are surrounded by stress every single day. And we know that there's always messages about minimize your stress stop the stress but if we've learned anything over the last couple of years we can't we can't stop stress it's there but we can choose the way that we respond to stress and and you know recognizing how do I respond to this situation you know where are my thoughts what am I feeling in this way what are some of the things that I could do to help you know alleviate the way I'm responding to this situation and that's where such things as food and movement and sleep and meditation and mindfulness is really critical too but all of those four areas really do play a, a big role in how we manage you know really pivotal life phases and also the way that we transition through them too you know the more that we can support our lifestyle from the very earliest point Mm. um, the greater our success in being able to transition through these phases and also age healthily too yeah, that's fantastic. I, I just want to ask one more question and then I'll hand over to Steve to sum up. But uh, but over the last, it's been quite a traumatic period in the workforce over the last three three years or so. Um, who, who knows? It's all been a bit of a blur actually, but yeah. but, uh, but a lot of changes occurred. And one of the things that keeps coming up on our podcast is about um, the em- empathetic manager and the EQ that's required and being focused on on the individual and the health that's the, of the real issues that the person has do you have you found that there's a there's a a, 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 will, a better willingness to engage because of the pandemic um, in the in with different employers or has it improved for you Look, yeah, there's definitely that increased awareness. And I teach a lot around emotional intelligence. It's mm. one of my uh, pet, pet favourite loves. Yep. <laughs> pet loves. Um, and and I think, yes, we're definitely aware that things have shifted and that our people are human too and they do go through various changes mm. and um, they are going to have ebbs and flows as they transition through life. So I think that, you know, that piece around emotional intelligence is really critical. I think there is greater awareness, but also I think there's still a long way for us to go to, to really embracing that, that empathy and, and that support. And, and, you know, and I guess that's why you guys have the podcast you do to bring that awareness and we do what we do because there's so many levels of empathy that we can have. Um, And I just, I love sharing this quote. It's from one of our um, interviews that we did that someone said you know for um all that is not seen for all that is seen there is a lot that is not Mm. seen Mm. and that is very much relatable to menopause but also related to every person situation because yes we can see if someone is struggling or having having issues or physically they're changing but it's the physiological changes that we don't see and that's where an empathetic leader or manager and that awareness is really critical piece that we could all adopt and embrace absolutely that's a great point uh finish on thank you very much it's fantastic insight steve do you want to try and bring out the main points on that yeah so um it was very interesting uh what you said i really enjoyed what you said and it it really highlights this humanized workforce i mean this is partly what it means to be a human being in the workforce it also got something to do about the future you because the future you is an aging you and uh you know we we sometimes think about improvement and betterment but in some ways uh 
you know, entropy comes into it and we uh, we get older. Um, so we need to be prepared for that and we, we need to be wise in how we respond. So a few ideas that I kind of got from what you said, or this is what it spoke to me. The first thing I want to talk about is convergence. Um, you both came together in this project and formed a team, but you both came from very different places. And somehow your stories off, you know, hidden uh, away from each other, but then your stories led you together. And uh, there was that convergence um, where you share a common set of beliefs, a uh, set of values, a uh, way of looking at the world, and also sense of purpose that you want to try and do something about this. It's not something you just want to kind of know about, but not do anything about. You actually want to do something about it. So that was the first thing, um, paying it. And, and I think the important thing there is paying attention to our story. Yeah. And you mentioned story a number of times, being aware of where has my story led me? What's the trajectory of my own life story? And how does that intersect with other people's? And how can we leverage those intersections? Um, because there can be powerful kind of synergies, if you like to use that word. Uh, the second thing you talked about is the need or the gap. And, uh, you know, you, you, you've you sort of shone the light into this area that's uh, a taboo subject for a lot of people. I mean, who knows why it really needs to be that, but it, it, uh, people are uncomfortable about it. Um, and uh, there's a lack of awareness. There's a lack of understanding. There's a lack of professional help uh, in many cases. And it's kind of a don't go there kind of topic. And yet this don't go there topic has huge ramifications for people. It impacts uh, the, the feelings, the emotions, the frustration, the fatigue, but also um, people's work. Uh, women don't want to leave work. As you said, many women want to stay there and they've got a lot to contribute. But because they can't engage and there's a lack of communication and people don't know how to do that, then they they end up taking options that they probably would rather avoid. So then you talked about the solution and uh, that you're trying to sort of shine the light on this and highlight the awareness and provide education for people. And uh, uh, you talked about this on a number of different levels, uh, the level of personal awareness, but also a cultural kind of a knowledge that you're trying to impart within an organisation that people are aware of this and it's okay. Also, you're trying to create a, a safe place for this to happen because it, it isn't always a safe thing. Um, but it's about being the best that we can be given everything that we've got about ourselves. How can we kind of front up and be the best that we can be? both for our own personal fulfillment, for our team fulfillment, but also for the benefit of society at large. And there are a number of areas that you've kind of highlighted here. Uh, you talked about nutrients, uh, nutritional side of it. You talked about sleep, movement, how to respond to stress, healthy aging, and things like EQ. And, and these are things that maybe people know about to some extent, but um, you know they, they don't do anything about them necessarily and they need organization to help them they need a structure they need a process 
uh, they need a space that's safe where people can talk about these sorts of things. And that's part of the solution that you're trying to bring forward. So these are really important things as far as a humanized workforce. We're not machines. We're not robots. We're not AI, AI bots. We're humans and we have bodies and we have needs. And, uh, you know, being aware of that is better than just pretending those needs don't exist. Hey, how's that? Perfect. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, you're, uh, it was great to have you on and uh, it was it's wonderful to see you so passionate about uh, helping, helping improve the situation. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Humanised Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcasts. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-S-A-P-H-I-N.com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews or the future podcasts.